Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Human Performance Outliers podcast with Zach Bitter. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Human Performance Outliers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Bitter, and today I have a solo episode for you on a topic that I wanted to address, which is short intervals. So I recently released an episode titled Endurance Training Simplified. It's episode 344 for those of you interested in going back and checking that one out. One of the reasons why I did that episode was because I wanted to really kind of whittle things down to what I would consider a very manageable way to understand how to actually focus on some big movers that I believe if you really understand and really get good at being able to produce, you will be able to build from in a lot of different ways. If you want to add more excitement, more creativity, more, uh, just maybe excitement into your training plan is probably one of the easier ways to say it. So the way I kind of broke it down is like, here are five intensities to really focus on and describe kind of more or less how to do those or how to kind of learn those. And the idea there is whether it's someone who's new to endurance or someone who's been doing an endurance for a while, but is relatively unstructured about it, or maybe someone who's been very structured, but just doesn't really know why they're doing what they're doing. And they're find themselves just throwing like workouts out there for the sake of doing workouts, but not really understanding why they're doing it to maybe take a step back, say, okay, I'm going to really understand effort, perceived effort at these different intensities, really learn those, get really good with them. And then from there, if you want, you can complicate it more by adding more creativity, more excitement, more different, interesting things like reducing recovery on a speed session or uh, just things like that. So what I want to do to maybe complement that episode is add some simplification episodes for the different tenses I talked about in there. Uh, one of the reasons is I already kind of have one. I actually did an episode. It was episode 337 called The Long Run, Considering the Variables, where I looked at just like, what do you maybe want to think about while you're building out your long run or what role does the long run play at varying distances. And I, I leaned a little bit towards ultra marathons than that one, because I think that's where it gets a little more interesting in terms of what do we do with a long run or how do we define a long run? But I want to kind of add some of those other intensities that I talked about on episode 344, Endurance Training Simplified, to give people a little more information if they decide, hey, I'm going to focus on some of these key intensities, really learn them, really understand perceived effort at those intensities, so that when it comes to either building my own training plan or just understanding why I'm doing what I'm doing, or if I add or subtract things from it, I have an idea of like what, why I'm doing that. It'll be a little bit easier for you. So today's intensity of interest is going to be short intervals. Um, let's get into it. So short intervals, how are we looking at these? The way I look at a short interval is it's essentially going to be an intensity in my training and in my coaching going to define as about an intensity you could sustain for about 12 minutes if you were just to give it a good hard push. So imagine a scenario where you get up for your daily workout and you're like, all right, today I'm just going to see how far I can get in 12 minutes, 12 minute tri time trial. And the, the pace or the intensity or the heart rate, these are all different tools you can use to measure that are going to be kind of where we pin those short intervals to. I like perceived effort because I think it's something that is just a little more reproducible 
a little more accurate, although it sounds subjective, your body is very good at telling you a lot of times when you're hitting certain intensities, there's things you can look for things you'll understand the more you do them to the point where once you do understand it, you can go out and dial it and you will intimately remember exactly how hard that feels. And you'll surprise yourself about how accurate you'll end up getting in terms of replicating that intensity. Things like pace and heart rate, I think they're fun tools to use, but you want to make sure you're using them right. Heart rate is going to be a little bit of what I would consider more of a post-workout analytical tool, especially with these short intervals, because they are short enough where you might find yourself overshooting the intensity, trying to force your heart rate into a spot you want it to be, assuming you have the right accurate heart rate target to begin with. And then end up in this weird situation where you're overreaching and then kind of struggling at the back end of either the time trial or the short intervals because you overshot and just kind of makes it a little bit more of a hard target to measure with heart rate live in the field versus something you can look at over time post-workout when you're analyzing how progress is being made. Pace, it's a little different in that it's a moving target. So let's say you do this time, you do a time trial the 12 minute time trial to try to predict about what intensity you would be producing for these short intervals and you come out with an average pace. That's great. But if we're looking for improvement or adaptations, you're ultimately going to want to see that pace reduce at the same intensity. So our goal over the weeks that we'd be focusing on short intervals will be that assuming the environment and the weather is similar, things like sleep and nutrition are more or less normalized that over time, we'll see your pace improve at that exact same intensity. That is our real sign that we're heading in the right direction and that the time you spent doing those was done right. Meaning we stressed the body optimally at that intensity. You recovered the body optimally at that intensity. Adaptations and progress was made. So if you go by pace as a fixed target, you may drift out of the target intensity an example of this would be, let's say you go and you do that 12 minute time trial and you produced right on a seven minute mile pace for that 12 minutes. Now you start going out and you do your short intervals and you pin it to that seven minute mile pace and you do that for multiple weeks. What you'll likely notice is by say week four, five, six, is that when you run that seven minute mile pace for those short intervals, the intensity that you feel starts feeling easy. And intensity is the target we want to make constant. You do not want to change that. You want to learn that intensity and reproduce it every time you do this workout. In fact, you will do this workout again in a future training buildup, and that intensity should still be the same. It should still feel the same. You might see different paces. It might produce something you know different, but that intensity is the thing you can count on staying the same and feeling the same across time versus other things that can change as you age or as your fitness changes and your adaptations alter depending on what you're targeting or focusing on, whether it's off season or purely peaking for something really long where you're removing short intervals for a while, that it's something you want to kind of keep as your constant and use the other ones as moving targets or uh, points to get to or improve upon versus having changed throughout the course of it. So this is one of the reasons why I really like perceived effort because it's just something that can be a little more stable in terms of it shouldn't move over the course of things. Uh, so once you do your time trial, 
you get the first dose of effort of how that should feel. Maybe you collect some data like pace and heart rate. Uh, what do you do with that information? So now it's time to actually build the workouts that you're going to use from that time trial to actually make the improvements or the adaptations you're looking for at what we're targeting here, which is like your VO2 max. So the short intervals you want to construct in a manner of a one to one work to rest ratio, meaning the amount of time you spend at the intensity that you're targeting, the intensity you produced for that 12 minute time trial, you want to spend an equal amount of time doing an easy recovery jog or walk after in order to recover from that one and reproduce it in another one. What you want to avoid is a scenario where I see this happen more often than most things, which is these intervals are short. You run the risk of overshooting intensity on early on, like you get hot out of the gate, so to speak, and then find yourself falling behind the intensity because you just can't push up to it by the end of the workout because you spent too much energy early on. So being very mindful of staying within the intensity range early on so that you can replicate and maintain quality throughout with that one-to-one -one work ratio is key. So how long should these intervals be? I like to program them as short as 30 seconds, but as long as four minutes with that one-to-one -one work rest ratio. But I am going to target most of the time for the majority of these workouts, two to four minutes. So for the purpose of this episode, I'm not going to get into too much detail about when and why I would maybe go down to something shorter, say like 30 seconds. I will point you towards a podcast episode I did with Professor Blot who popularized this concept called the 30-30 blot intervals, where these are very short intervals. And I think there is some really interesting work in research around these in terms of maybe why you want to apply this versus that target range of two to four minutes that I just described. Uh, if you want to hear more about that in some detail, you can go check out episode 233. It's titled blot 3030 short intervals, where she and uh, Jonathan Edwards actually came on and kind of shared that information. Um, I do prescribe these from time to time. I do them myself sometimes, I think, uh, to maybe just give you a little bit of hint. I'd probably be more inclined to prescribe this maybe earlier on in a short interval session for a variety of different reasons. Uh, but like I said, for the purpose of this episode, we're simplifying things. So I'm not going to get into the weeds with that right now. We're going to stick to what we've seen in the research so far from Seiler, who suggests that two to four minutes is a really good starting point target because it gives you enough time to get up towards your VO2 max. And it's so it's long enough where you actually spend a meaningful amount of time at VO2 max, but it's also short enough that you don't get so close to your max potential in any one specific interval that you pull from the back end of the workout. So basically to kind of summarize what his research would say is, it maximizes the amount of time you're able to spend at the target intensity. And what we're looking for is the amount of time you spend, not in just one interval session, but your series of interval sessions that you're going to be doing throughout the plan. We want to spend as much time as possible in terms of balancing out quality and recovery. So it is a balance because if you go out and do what I like to call a hero workout, and have like this epic workout where you wring yourself dry and you couldn't do a single another interval, but then it costs you your next interval session because you just couldn't recover from it. Or your next interval sessions is super low quality because you didn't recover from it. 
you didn't necessarily do yourself any favor by doing extra intervals. Hey folks, thanks for checking out this episode of the podcast. For those of you who are regular listeners, you'll likely know I'm also a professional endurance athlete and coach. If you're looking for a little extra help with your training and programming, I do offer individualized coaching options where you can work directly with me one-on-one. I'll personalize your plan and even scale it up to email collaboration and regular consultations. You can also access either of those on their own if you just want to contact me as you're navigating your fitness journey. I also have some ready-made plans. The ready-made plans follow my coaching philosophy and they scale from five kilometers all the way up to 100 miles and come in three different levels. So whether you're a beginner, intermediate or advanced, I've got something for you there. And most recently, I also just added a strength athlete's guide to endurance program, which will help someone who is primarily a strength athlete who wants to either do an endurance event for the fun of it, bolster up their cardiovascular fitness, or just try something out, try something new. So those programs are built to be able to supplement a strength program so you won't have to give up on your gains in the gym while you're going after some running or endurance related fitness goals. You can find all those things on my website at zachbitter.com. Thanks for checking out this episode. The next piece is once you have your time trial, once you have your one-to-one work work rest ratio, and likely starting in that two to four minute range where you're either going two minutes on, two minutes off, maybe three minutes on, three minutes off, maybe four minutes on, four minutes off, all really good ways to put it is how many of those do you end up doing? So what I like to do is I like to program it in a way where if you are able to finish the workout and walk away saying, I could do one or two more of those if I had to. So maybe think of it this way. If you're doing on the shorter end of two to four minutes, like with two, I could probably do two more if I really had to. If you're doing the longer end, four minutes, maybe walking away, say, I could definitely do one more if I had to. That's a pretty good spot because that means that you very much were likely maintaining quality throughout. If you felt like you could do a whole nother one or two more, then the odds that that last one you did was high quality is very high. And the odds that you're going to recover from that workout sooner rather than later and able to replicate it is also higher. So if you're doing a scenario that I like, because a lot of times I'm training people doing longer events where we might spend a portion of the training focusing primarily on short intervals. It doesn't mean we're not doing long runs. It doesn't mean we're not doing easy recovery runs. It doesn't mean we're not even doing base runs. It just means the real metric we're trying to really zero in on and watch for the progress at this point in the training, our primary workout is going to be short intervals. We might be doing two sessions of that per week. So if you're doing that on say Tuesday, I want you to recover from that and bounce back and be ready to do that again on Thursday. Or maybe it's Monday, Wednesday, Wednesday, Friday, whatever works for the schedule of the person I'm working with. But generally speaking, if we're simplifying things, we're going to follow a hard, easy, hard framework within their schedule, meaning a hard day is going to be followed by an easy day or a rest day versus getting a little more complicated. And this kind of like the Balat intervals is a different topic for a different day that isn't necessarily simplifying training, but is a lever to be pulled if you master this stuff, which would be blocking your workouts, meaning you're doing harder sessions on back-to-back days. So maybe Monday, Tuesday, you do short intervals or Thursday, Friday, or something like that. But we'll get into that in a different episode down the road. Maybe Uh, for now, we're keeping it simple. Uh, I like having this setup 
with the hard, easy, hard, especially when people are learning and trying to simplify things. Cause usually in the context of a seven day week, when you're focusing primarily on your short interval development, you have some flexibility there where let's say you do your short interval session on Monday, take an easy day, Tuesday, Wednesday, you don't get a really good night's sleep Tuesday night, and you just don't feel like you're quite ready to do it again. If you have to push that back off to Thursday and give yourself one more easy day, you're still going to get that same volume in that week. And it's not going to step on the toes of anything you're doing on that weekend in most, most cases. And at that point, we're not necessarily leaning as heavily into your long run development anyway, in a lot of cases. So it's not as big of an issue. It gives you a little bit of flexibility within your training plan to be able to move things around as your body indicates and as life happens, so to speak. So uh, I do kind of like having it set up that way. It's also going to be less likely that you are going to find yourself in a position where you overreach on any one given day because you just know I'm going to have to do this again this next week or the total amount of volume you're targeting for a week is broken into two sessions. So you're not even prescribing yourself a hero session to in the first place. Um, so I talked a little bit about finding that volume of any one given session by leaving one to two in the tank, so to speak, when you're done with that session, so that you know, you didn't overreach or wring yourself dry. Uh, the other thing is like, what is a kind of a good target for weekly volume? A lot of my coaching clients and myself will usually build up to around 30 minutes per week. But again, that can be varied to some degree, depending upon how things play out for you in terms of reps left in the tank at the end of each session. Maybe you're able to build up past that or uh, maybe a little bit under that if this is new to you or you're noticing that the, the sessions are, are carrying over uh, to be a little bit shorter in volume for any one session. You always want to kind of respond to yourself versus trying to do exactly what, say, your friend is doing or what you've seen on paper because ultimately... The goal here is create a stress stimulus that is going to force your body to make an adaptation, give yourself the necessary recovery in order to bounce back from that and be able to replicate it. In terms of duration in the training plan itself, the adaptations we're looking for are going to likely occur within about a four to six week window. So if I'm prescribing short intervals within a training block, I'm going to target about four to six weeks for those. And within that four to six weeks, I might just be watching to see if pace is improving at that given intensity. If we're still making pretty big, if, we're, if let's, let's say we get to four weeks and um, it still looks like the there's going to be some pace improvements that if we keep doing them, we might keep doing them. If there's a longer timeline before the race, sometimes that dictates at which pace we move through some of these things, um, maybe push it out to four to six weeks. So if you have anything in question, just give yourself a longer timeline give yourself six weeks to do it. That also gives you some flexibility where if like something happens, like you miss one or you get sick or something like that, or you tweak something and have to skip a workout. It's not something that's quite as tight as say the short end of that time range. So as a kind of a summary, 12 minute time trial to see kind of what the intensity is going to feel like, then one-to-one -one work rest ratio is the way you want to structure those intervals, two to four minutes, for your length is a good starting point to keep things simple and clear at four to six weeks as an adaptation target for those. Then ultimately the way to maybe place these within your training is going to be thinking of race intensity as your guide, and then moving from least specific stuff to most specific stuff as you get closer to the race. So if you're doing something quite a bit longer, like hundred miles, 
These may be earlier in your training plan. If you're doing something shorter, faster, like a 3K, 5K, these may be like really, really key workouts that you'll be doing at the end of a training plan as you're actually peaking for the race itself because they're going to be much closer to your race intensity than they would be if you were doing something longer, like a 100-mile race. So those are some kind of general guidelines, simplification things. One other thing I will add, because I did mention pace being a moving target, if you're really new to this or you finish your time trial and you're still not very confident in your ability to replicate the effort during an interval session, if you're still like, all right, I did the 12-minute time trial, I know what it feels like, but I'm still struggling to really make that kind of play out the way I want it to in these short interval sessions, you can use pace as a guide to some degree early on because it's not like a, it's not like you're going to go and do this 12 minute time trial. And then these adaptations are just going to show up overnight and you're all of a sudden going to be much better the next time you do it. And that pace is going to have already changed. You could, if we use that example I used before, where you produce a seven minute mile, that next short interval session, if it's going to be helpful for you to understand perceived effort for another round or another couple rounds, it's okay to pin it to that pace, especially if your environment and things like weather and things I talked before, like sleep and nutrition are pretty similar. So what you maybe want to avoid with a scenario like that would be you do the time trial on a track and then you're doing the workout on a hilly road in the rain with a headwind or something like that. Cause then the pace is kind of irrelevant at that point. You've just uh, totally like made that variable non-comparable. It's an apples and oranges thing almost at that point. So if you can replicate the environment, weather, things like that, I think using pace to target early on, if you want to kind of give yourself a few more rounds of understanding the perceived effort is, is totally fine. And it's also something where the other reason why that would maybe be valuable would be you are doing a structure of workout somewhat different, given the fact that you're breaking it up. So there is going to be a range of how you feel within that 12 minute time trial from that first step you take to the last step you take. So trying to normalize that within say a two minute session might be kind of hard for a person, especially if they're new to it, to really feel confident doing that. So let's say you do your time trial and then the next week you're going to start short intervals. So probably less than a week later, you're doing your first interval session. A couple of days later, maybe two, three days later after that, you're doing your second short interval session. Let's say those first two short interval sessions, you just want to pin it to pace in order to give yourself a little bit of an idea of, okay, this is how it feels more, more, uh, just built in idea of that. That's, that's totally fine. In my opinion, it's, it's once you start getting a little bit further into it and you might start noticing that the pace is no longer producing the intensity that you were previously targeting would be where you'd start to kind of fall out of range, so to speak. All right, folks, that's what I got for short interval simplified. If you have any questions about this, or maybe you have a question that digs a little deeper since this was the simplified version feel free to reach out to me. You can hit me up on email at hpopodcast at gmail.com or reach out to me on one of my social media channels at Zach Bitter on Instagram, at Z Bitter on Twitter, at Z Bitter Endurance on Facebook. Hey folks, just a quick reminder that this episode sponsors are my friends at LMNT Electrolytes. They have a wide range of electrolyte supplements and are currently offering listeners to this podcast a free sample pack with purchase. If you are interested in checking them out and letting them know that you came to them through here, you can go to drinklmnt.com forward slash HPO or to the show sponsor landing page, which is just zachbitter.com forward slash HPO sponsors. Links to that are in the show notes as well. Yeah.
Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Human Performance Outliers podcast with Zach Bitter. 